be a baller. Welcome to Be A Baller, where we discuss how to build a lifelong legacy. I'm your host, Coach Tim Brown. Today, we're doing a special episode on celebrating fathers and Father's Day and the influence of a dad. Today's guest is Lawrence Funderburg, former NBA player, author, and founder of Lawrence Funderburg Youth Foundation. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor. The team at the Financial Solutions Network is proud to partner with Tim Brown and bring you this episode of Be A Baller. Our mission is to share generously of our time, talent, and financial resources to help our clients develop financial plans and wealth management strategies that allow them to live the lives they imagine while connecting them with experiences and people that enhance their quality of life. FCA is one of those organizations by helping young men and women through the development of their personal faith. The Financial Solutions Network is an independently owned and managed wealth advisory firm based in Worthington, Ohio. We are a multi-generational professional team of advisors with a combined 83 years of experience teaching and managing financial strategies for individuals, families, businesses, and institutions. We will be honored to help you plan your financial journey. Contact us at 614-505-3025 or visit our website at tfsn.net. Uh, today, Lawrence is going to share his experience of growing up in a home, being raised by his mother and sisters, and today having a heart to inspire and encourage dads to be a guiding light for their children. Lawrence, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having me, TB. Honored to be here. Yeah, I understand uh, the word is that you're a big Sanford and Son fan. I am, man. Denton Dinner. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Sanford and Son? You know, you just know, probably, man, the humor. Yeah. Um, growing up in the projects, you know, kind of how Fred was, you know, right. the, the junkyard and all that. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, <laughs> what was said about Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm. A lot of times people think about the projects mm. that can anything good come out of it. So I think even in, in junk, Good things can be Correct. found, man. So that's why I, I t- try it in now. But I just love his sense of humor, even yeah. though he was kind of off the beaten path and a lot right, of those things. Right. It's just, just, just incredible. But I was a big Sanford and Son yeah. fan. <laughs> you know, you, you talking, you mentioned about uh, growing up in the projects. Mm-hmm. Can you share about growing up in uh, Columbus Sullivan Gardens in the, in the city of Columbus and and talk about your mother and sisters and impact they had on your life yeah. as a child. You know, uh, I grew up in Sullivan Gardens, which which is considered the roughest, the toughest, the baddest, the meanest, the most dangerous housing project. You know, some people will dispute that, say Bolivar Arms or Windsor Terrace right. or or some other uh, housing project. And and I would say just just ask the city prosecutors, <laughs> ask <Okay>. the police. <laughs> they they'll let you know right. the Sullivan Gardens. But what was interesting about Sullivan Gardens? It was called Sullivan Gardens, but there was no gardens there, particularly when mm-hmm. I was there. Is that supposed to be outside of your, uh, outside of your uh, each of your apartment buildings? Uh, there was supposed to be a roll of gardens there, but like a lot of housing projects, you know, gang bangers, drug dealers, pimps, prostitutes, alcoholics. You know, that's kind of what you see. But the one thing that was absent was fathers. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a fatherless home, like a lot of inner city kids. I grew up in a house full of women, three older sisters, single parent mom. And um, the good thing about growing up in a house full of women, it taught me three things. Number one, uh, how to have uh, compassion 
uh, for the pain of others. Number two, how to have sympathy, mm. you know, for the difficulties that people go through. And then number three, how to put together a game plan to help people through their challenges and their mm. struggles. So that's what it taught me. But the problem is you're kind of out of balance with that, mm. right? Because you get a lot of the emotionalism, but you don't always have a lot of the rationalizations that are needed and necessary to help balance you out because you need both. And right. particularly yes. mothers and fathers are really critical in the life of a child. With your dad not being around, who were uh, some men who impacted you growing up? You know, we've all heard the expression, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also an African proverb that said, says, a child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to fill its warmth. Mm-hmm. And we see that today on our streets. I always say our streets and school hallways are on fire because of an unmet desire and that being the love of a daddy. And um, but there were a lot of people who were surrogates who stepped in. Mm-hmm. Nate Mitchell, mm-hmm. the Boys and Girls, Girls Club, mm-hmm. uh, coaches, teachers, a lot of people who uh, would step in and intervene. And I think we've lost that village mentality to kind of help people. Mm-hmm. And then a child without a father is like a ship without a rudder. Mm-hmm. It's going to go somewhere, but I'm right. not sure where it's going to go. Going. And I think that's what we see. And mm-hmm. we have a society really fatherless children, which hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about how mm-hmm. that ties into scriptural things, too, yes. about the importance of a father. Yeah, you you were a great uh, high school uh, basketball player, high school All-American, college All-Star, uh, NBA player. When did you realize that you were good enough to play at the highest level? Well, what actually, TB, um, my, my, my first love was football. Mm-hmm. But when you're tall, you're thin, and you talk a lot of trash, that's a bad recipe right. for a football player. Because <laughs> right? Right, right. you're going to get broke. Right. But I love playing football. And I really love playing football because I love hitting people mm-hmm. and I love getting hit. And you can hit people and not go to jail no, for it. I'm just going right. to be real. I'm just going to be real. But I, I love playing football. And, and, and that is really tied to your endorphin system, too, mm-hmm. which I think the dad is really help shape that system, drive, determination, discipline, dealing with pain. So I would manufacture my own uh, pain and th- difficulties in life and to, to actually boost that. But I actually love football, but basketball, uh, I was good at. I was always tall, six feet in the sixth grade, six one in seventh grade, six three in the eighth grade. So I kept mm-hmm. going about an inch, inch and a half. And I have my basketball right here. And this was my girlfriend. Okay. Um, I didn't talk back. Uh, (laughs) always on time always always ready to go yeah right so this was my girlfriend i didn't have a girlfriend i know my my wife says yeah right but i didn't have a girlfriend but this was this was this was my girlfriend always ready to go and this gave me soulless even in the midst of growing up in that environment what are some of those life lessons you learned from sports you know i think it should be mandatory when we were growing up Mm. Every kid had to play. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest with you, I played a sport every season. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, in the fall, I played football. In the winter, I played basketball. In the spring, I played baseball. And in the summer, I ran track, mm-hmm. track and field. Mm-hmm. And it teaches you so much. The, the good thing is that if you don't have a father, you can be around father figures mm-hmm. and you can get that support and that camaraderie and all of that. That's why you focus so much on young people, because playing sports really prevents a lot of what I call mission or vision drift. Because without that focus, without that guidance and direction, it's easy to drift. And who's going to pick you up? Drug dealers, mm. gang bangers. And they yeah. wait for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was very important for me to play sports. Mm-hmm. You're not truly an advocate for dads being involved in the life of their children. Can you talk about why the presence of a dad in a child's life and particularly a young boy is so important? You know, um, there's a phrase that we know in our lexicon when it comes to the sports world. Nike, just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to dad, just be it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think you have a lot of dads who get caught up in human doing, 
mm. instead of human being. Mm. And there's a big difference between presence and presence mm. in terms of you can give presence to make up for a lack of presence. Mm. And kids will always remember that. And you were the one who really helped me a lot, T, because I remember when when I would say, you know, honor your mother and your father. And you said, hold on. That's wrong. It's mm. father and mother. Mm. You corrected me. Mm. And then one of the things you challenged me on as well is to walk in forgiveness. You know how passionate I am about this particular subject. Yeah, and you said, yeah. man, have you really, truly forgiven your dad? Because mm. I really wanted to come out, but I don't know if I was necessarily there. And even though he died, you know, and hopefully we get a chance to talk about that. Mm. I was never able to say to him, I forgive you. Mm. And I didn't realize the deficits that he had. He was just covering him up through alcohol mm. and other things. Mm. But it's very important to walk in forgiveness mm. because as Christians, forgiveness is not optional. It's mandatory. Mm. And, and it's very important because the wounds that we see in society, by and large, and you know how I feel about this, I'd say probably 80 percent of them either directly or indirectly are caused by some type of father failures or daddy deficits. Mm. Oh, that's good. Mm. That's good. I, as I think back over my life, we were blessed to have a stepfather who mm. kind of stepped in before mm. us, but I was mad about it. Mm. I mean, I was really mad, you know, you know, but you know, that kind of attitude. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this man moved us out of an apartment, moved us into a house, to a suburb, so we can go to better school, and I'm mm. mad. Mm. And I'm mad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. so when I, as I look back on that, but I did get the opportunity, like you said, to really, mine was asking him f- for forgiveness for me. Mm. For how mm-hmm. I, I was behaving, you mm-hmm. know, you know, when you're young, you know, it's your mother and all that. But yeah. but that forgiveness, it kind of it, it has to be there. It has to be there. Let me let me say there. there's there's before I got came here. Um, I, I can't say his name. Very well known person mm-hmm. here. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Lot of father wounds. He's around my age. Went to independence, mm-hmm. and here he is struggling with an identity issue because he never got that from his father. Yeah. Right. Lot of. Uh, challenges in terms of wanting to be a human doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to a human being. Very Mm -hmm. successful, all this. And I said, look, you've always wanted the father's blessing. I'm giving it to you this day. day. And and to really help him through that, because so many people praise him and honor him, Mm -hmm. but he has these wounds. And here he was, this grown man crying like a baby in front of me. And I just was consoling him. But more importantly, Giving him the Father's blessing bless. because that's what Malachi four five through six mm-hmm. is really about. Yeah, good stuff. You know, speaking of that, I know you're a strong man of faith. Can you uh, talk about your faith journey? You know, I grew up obviously in a house full of women. We went to church. I went to Rehoboth Temple Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a relationship with the Lord at a very early age. We went to church, but I don't think I was really anchored in like mm-hmm. I should have been mm-hmm. uh, with Him. And, um, you know, we went to church, traditional black church, three hours, you know, all all day. Pack your lunch. Yeah, yeah. Pack your lunch. Right. Stomach growling, all Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, You know, if you act up, my mom had huge hands Mm -hmm. and she was six feet. And when she pinched you, you you, You know, I felt it for for two weeks. But um, church was 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 very uh, important place. For me, and I accepted Christ uh, at the age of 12. Mm. There was a guy by the name of Mr. Pole Label who would come in the inner city of our neighborhood and uh, he'd pick us up on his bus 
and he give us these donuts. The donuts yes. were actually pretty stale, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I went for the donuts, yes. but I came to know the sweetness of Jesus Christ on, and man. to accept him. Yeah. But uh, but that's really what drew me uh, to to going to church was the actual getting a donut yeah. and having something to eat. <laughs> and he said, take one, but I always took two or three. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, uh, that's a great story. You know, they, they call you Mr. Fundy. Yes. You know. How'd you get that name? You know, Fundy Funderburg. Uh, yeah. I've been called a lot of names, Funder Turf, Funder <laughs> Jerk, Funder. <laughs> I've been calling a lot of names, TB. But, you know, Fundy is, I, I want people to, you know, the first three letters of my name, I want it to be fun. Because mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, I want it to be fun. Good, good. Because you learn best when you're in a fun environment. Yes. So that's kind of the way I see it, Fundy. And I really think that uh, it really has a nice flow uh, with people and they can remember it. I want people to see me. If you know me, you call me Fundy, mm-hmm. you know, and those people who know me, know me by that nickname, uh, Fundy. Right. Organizations improve when people make effective changes. The Good Solutions coaching process focuses on people, their values, self-esteem, confidence levels, leadership beliefs and motivation. Participants in the Good Solutions coaching process enhance their productivity, leadership style, communication, skill level, attitude, time management, and teamwork. We look forward to helping you and your team be the best. Trust Good Solutions training and development company. Visit us at GoodSolutionsCorp.com. That's G-O-O-D-E SolutionsCorp.com. You are the true uh, epitome of a, of a student athlete, mm-hmm. you know, uh, graduating college, mm-hmm. going on to get your MBA. Mm-hmm. Now you're a certified uh, financial planner. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how, how are you using your financial expertise to impact the next generation? Yeah. You know, when it comes to I always say father failures or daddy deficits, there's two extremes. Right. At one end, uh, which is the end that I chose, is you wring out the towel. There's this superiority complex, wanting to be a somebody because you always felt like a nobody, mm-hmm. right? And I think when you have a, don't have a father who gives you that affirmation, appreciation, acceleration, that's one extreme. The other extreme is you throw in the towel, mm-hmm. and this is the inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. And you see kids today who can't finish what they start. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm running through the finish line, right? Mm-hmm. That was me. And though I was praised, I still had these deficits. So I've always practice what I preach. I don't like hypocrites at all. Mm. I don't like people who say one thing and do another. Like a lot of athletes talk about stay in school, but they don't have any educational qualifications. I have every degree except for a PhD, which I got from how to stay off the streets and how to make it through. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, accomplishments were very important. I always right. focused on the triple A's. Right. And I always say when you don't have triple A's, then you're going to be in need of roadside assistance. Mm. So athletics, Academics and aesthetics were critically important to me. Mm. And I felt that way because a sense of accomplishment really drove me because I never had that hand of affirmation from my father, appreciation Mm. and acceleration. Mm. I'm proud of you, son. Mm. I'm just so proud of you. Like I do with my son. And you don't get that. You have to manufacture it on your own. Mm. And then I became a financial planner, a certified financial planner, because I realized that you can help a lot of people with their finances. But what I've learned is that if you look at a person's interactions with finances, you can really see a lot of things mm-hmm. of their brokenness mm-hmm. and what they run from or mm-hmm. what they run to. Mm-hmm. You can see that a lot in the way people spend their money. Mm-hmm. Boy, you give me a good education sitting in here, <laughs> all these gems. Uh, you also have offered uh, several books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're definitely building a, a legacy through Momentum Dads, but what was the vision of the Momentum Dads movement? What's the vision yeah, behind Yeah, that? absolutely. You know, 
I wrote the book, particularly um, Momentum Playbook, because, mm-hmm. you know, sports and life really often uh, mirror each other. Right. In terms of the playbook that's needed and necessary to, to have success in life, you can get that mm-hmm. from sports and sports right. can teach you a lot about life. Um, so momentum is critically important. And I think what happens is a lot of people today don't have momentum. Mm. And when you think about momentum, momentum is really the second law of motion. Most people know the first one uh, or the third one for every action is opposite and equal reaction. But most people don't know the second one. And the second one really deals with momentum, which deals with mass, which is the quantity of matter in an object or body. Times velocity is the speed of an object or body in a given direction. And for a lot of people, they're looking for momentum. Who is supposed to give the drive, determination and discipline to kids? Who's that? The father. The father's supposed to. And when he's not there, who gets that? Who gives that? And then for a lot of people, they're searching for that. And I think the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So everything I do, I want to always come back to Scripture. And I tell people I don't have to proselytize, but I'm going to always prioritize who I am and who I belong to. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christ is in me can assist with the Christ, the Christ in me can assist with the crisis in you. And that's kind of how I look at my life. Mm. You know, growing up uh, without a father, what was it? What was the turning point in your life that set you on the right path? You know, um, I was in denial about the pain of my father for a long time until I became a father. Then I realized mm. how he shortchanged me. And I always tell people, no matter how much change I have or have in my life, I always felt shortchanged by my father. And I would see fathers like Michael Red. Mm. Chris Weber, mm. Grand Hill. Mm. And then I think like, man, how I was deprived of the affirmation, appreciation and acceleration of a father. That's why it's not surprising that we have the Kia boys mm. who are jumping in cars, gassed up with no place to go. Mm. A father's supposed to provide that for you. Be your tour guide. Show you, son, daughter, sit in the back seat. This is what you can do if you do the right things. Here's where you can go and drive you along. But when if you don't have that, then you take matters in your own hands. All of the problems, 80 percent of the problems, I believe, indirectly or directly can be can be traced to father failures or daddy deficits. And what I mean by that, a father can be in the home, but absent emotionally and biochemically. Right. Where he's a father, but he's not a dad. Or in my case, fatherless, not having a father at all. And I don't know which one is worse, uh, TB, mm-hmm. to not have a father or to have a father who never transitions to being a dad. And most people use these terms interchangeably. But father creates life, but a dad protects a legacy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can, yeah. you, can you speak to some dads who are trying to do the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, can you speak a word of encouragement to them and particularly mm-hmm. to uh, maybe some of those dads who didn't have that model in their life? You know, who didn't see that. Yeah. The, the best example I can give, I, I work a lot with um uh, juveniles who are incarcerated mm-hmm. in prison ministry. I remember going to a prison in, in Chillicothe. And the thing was tragic. I saw a grandfather, a father and a son sitting side by side by side. Mm-hmm. Every father leaves a legacy, but not every legacy is worth leaving behind. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was amazing that they bonded with each other yeah. in prison when they should have been bonded on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. And that there's a juvenile facility in Circleville where on Mother's Day, I remember we just celebrated Mother's Day. Everybody goes. You yeah. can't get in a restaurant. You got to make your reservations two, <laughs> two, weeks, two, two, two weeks, two months in two advance months. to go there and all that. We took <laughs> to celebrate life because mothers yes. initiate that. Yes. But then where's the father? Well, we'll see what happens on Father's Day. But um, 
this this juvenile facility they had for Mother's Day, they invited aunts and aunt, grand, grandmothers, sisters and all that to come. It was overflow, right? Mm -hmm. 160 some kids. They had over 300 mothers mm -hmm. or aunts or people who surrogates in that position. So they said, we're going to do the same thing for Father's Day. Right. Uncles, brothers, coaches, pastors, mentors for these young men. Mm -hmm. Six showed up, TB. Wow. Six. Wow. Six. And then you wonder why we're so upset with this situation. And I can prove it underneath the hood. I always say you got to get under the hood to deal with the hood. And I can show you that a lot of the problems that we see indirectly or directly are traced, not just inner city, middle class, affluent communities as well, are traced or connected to father wounds, paternal mm -hmm. wounds in some case or another. So I know that's why this is our calling mm -hmm. and what you've been doing. You've been doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, and this is a critical, critical component. And I believe your your rewards in heaven, whoever's waiting behind you, they better be glad we have eternity because you're going to mm -hmm. have a lot coming your way. Mm -hmm. Because this is one of the ways I tell fathers that you can stack your rewards by helping fathers transition to dads mm -hmm. and then taking care of those 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 orphans and those people who don't have a father, yeah, yeah. particularly Malachi 4, 5 through 6, before the great and day of the Lord, I will send my prophet Elijah. He mm -hmm. will turn the hearts of the fathers mm -hmm. to the children, hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Mm -hmm. We are living in a society that's full mm -hmm. of curses because mm -hmm. fathers have not transitioned to become dads. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I know you have any, um, an event coming up. Yes. Um, could you talk to the audience about that and, and really encouraging dads and yeah, with this you, momentum? You, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. You talked about that. You know, all fathers are on some type of continuum. There are some mm -hmm. fathers who are excellent dads. Mm -hmm. And I tell fathers all the time, you don't have to be a perfect father. You just need to be an excellent dad. Mm -hmm. And um, so many fathers need support. Mothers have that. Intuitively, they have that. But for us, we, we don't want to admit our mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. I have many mentors who hold me accountable. And I think that's the problem with men. We don't have a network. We don't have a fraternity like we should to be able to grow into the greatness that God has given us in terms of the mandate of being a father. And so I wanted to come alongside and help in five areas with mm -hmm. Momentum Dads on okay. June 23rd, 23, because a father provides 23 chromosomes. Not only the identity of a child, the sex of a child, but also the vision of a child. That's mm. why in Judaism, they always wanted the father's blessing of what it was going to be in the future. Mm. Right. So that's what we need in our society. And if you don't have that, then you're going to look out elsewhere. So I want to focus on five areas to help fathers, uh, no matter where they are in their continuum and their walk and being a father or a dad is their leadership philosophy, which is critically important. You got to have to be a father. You got to be a leader and you got to have a philosophy, some principles and some some things, some precepts that guide and direct you in terms of this journey. And then the life's purpose is the second is my two guard. My point guard is leadership philosophy. My point guard, my, my shooting guard is is really life's purpose. The assignment you're placed on this earth to accomplish for the benefit and betterment of others. And more importantly, to give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And every assignment has homework. Uh, and it also has pop quizzes and tests. Mm. And for a lot of people with the life's purpose, a lot of guys don't really think about that. What is my life's purpose? I don't know why I'm here. What am I supposed to do? What are my gifts? So I think it's very important to help fathers understand that you being a father is a function, but it may not necessarily be your purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then my small forward is going to be your um, longevity principles in terms of taking care of your body. How can you play with your kids and your grandkids if you don't have the health? It's very important for us to invest in our health, to be a good steward over everything that God has entrusted in our care in terms of our temple. And I tell Christians all the time, God is full of grace, but your body isn't. 
You can eat whatever you want, but you might get to heaven much sooner than you should. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for us to take care of our temple. It's very important to set an example. And then number four is the livelihood playbook Mm -hmm. or paradigm. And that is not just the wealth, but also when it comes to so many other factors in terms of maximizing your potential. A good man leaves what? An inheritance for who? His children's children. That's exactly right. That's what that's about. And the last one, my center position, protecting a heart, is really your legacy postscript. Mm. A life is trapped in a moment in time, but a legacy stands the test of time. Mm. What are we going to leave behind? And I think for men and for fathers, that's the question that we have to ask. And we have to ask that question now and not wait to determine what our legacy is going to be when the game is almost over and the horn is about to sound and God is going to take us home. Mm. Boy, you led right into the last question. We'll wrap this up. Uh, This podcast is about building a lifelong legacy. And just uh, everything you just talked about, mm-hmm. let's put it in perspective for you personally. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you might be that, that center, you know, who's building that legacy. Mm-hmm. So what what is the legacy of Lawrence Funderburg? Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting because um, there's a there's a guy named Duke Heller mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about what are people going to say about you? when you're not here anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men get caught up in human doing instead of human being. Mm -hmm. And particularly there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, uh, you know, what should a profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Mm -hmm. My question is, what should a gain? What should a profit a man in his pursuit to gain the world? He loses the soul of his family in the process. Mm -hmm. And I see so many men who are ambitious, very successful, very driven, but they drop the ball on the home front. Mm -hmm. And I used to do this. Wanting the Messiah complex, wanting to be a savior to all these kids who are fatherless. Mm, and my wife, I used to bring kids over and my wife's nodding her head saying, what about your two kids right oh, here? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have to redirect and, and refocus that. So it's very important that your legacy has to start at home mm-hmm. internally on the home front before you can reach people on the outside externally. Mm-hmm. And I want to commend you for the great job you've done with your children. You know, I saw your daughter. Uh, CSG, mm-hmm. swimmer, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a collegiate athlete now, and then hanging out with Eli, your son, you know, mm-hmm. and it definitely all starts at home. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, we can pour in others, but we can lose our own. Mm-hmm. And in our house, we have a saying in our house, that's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yes, that's you right. Know, me and my house, we're going to mm-hmm. serve the Lord. Yes. yes. We're going to serve the Lord. Yes. And our vision is to bring up godly children, yes. you know, who know God. Mm-hmm. And and that starts with us as dads pouring into them mm-hmm. uh, to that. So, Lawrence, I want to thank you. This brings us to yes. the end of this episode. And I want to thank our special guest, Lawrence Funderburg, for sharing his wisdom and knowledge on the importance of godly men yes. in the home and the community. And also providing opportunities for others to follow that path. So thanks for being a leader in the Momentum Dads movement. I'm looking forward to all the great things that's going to come out of that. Yes. So I want to thank you all for joining us during this enlightening and informing discussion on a special relationship uh, between dads and, 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 their, and their children. Hope this episode was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Be A Baller Podcast. If you enjoy our show, please share this podcast with your family and friends. Be A Baller Podcast is available on all major podcast stations. Be sure to come back next week as we continue to discuss on how to build a lifelong legacy. Until then, don't forget to be a baller. This podcast was created by Coach Tim Brown. It was edited by Teron Howell and produced and recorded by the video production class of Worthington Christian High School.